everyone and welcome back to another episode of Med Talks. I'm Sahu Nichani and I'm a junior doctor working in the NHS. This episode is part of the series The Junior Doctor's Guide for the new interim foundation year doctors across the UK. We hope that you're enjoying our series so far and are finding these episodes useful. Please do leave some feedback for us, let us know your thoughts and tell us what other, other topics you'd like us to cover. So, in this episode, I'm going to go through with you how to clerk a patient. So, clerking in patients is when things get really fun and your medical knowledge comes out to play. This is your moment to shine. So, usually what happens is after the patient has been seen by the doctor or the nurse in A&E, you are their next visitor. So, whatever area you're working in, be it medicine, surgery, obs and gynae, the A&E team will refer the patient over to you based on their presenting features. So, for example, if they come in with a temperature, a cough and a chest and chest x-ray consolidation, then this is likely to represent a pneumonia, and so over to the medics the patient goes. Whereas, if the patient has attended A&E with right-sided abdominal pain, which CT scan has hinted is most likely due to appendicitis, then it's over to the surgeons. Now, in some trusts, FY1s will spend four months in A&E, and so you may be the first doctor seeing the patient when they come in, and you may be the one referring to the medics or the surgeons. Currently, my normal ward is a haematology ward, and often we have patients bypassing A&E and coming straight up to the ward if they are elective admissions for chemotherapy, and they will also need clerking in on arrival. Wherever you are based, it's always a useful skill to know the ins and outs of clerking patients. Okay, so let's get started. When it comes to clerking in a patient, essentially it is like taking a full history which you've all done many times during medical school and got those precious signatures for your logbooks, but it's just got a bit more responsibility and a few extra bits added. Sometimes you may be accompanied by a senior doctor, so an SHO or registrar, but other times, and pretty much every time in my case, you'll see them by yourself first, and then, like a confused puppy, you'll seek advice from your master. Now, before you start worrying about remembering each every part of a full history, there should be a clerking proforma booklet for you to just fill out as you are clerking in the patient. So this will include all the information you need, so the presenting complaint, the past medical history, the medication history, any allergies, social history, and then it will conclude with your plan for the patient, or in other words, as discussed with the Registrar X, the plan is. But soon enough, you'll start making plans all by yourself, and you'll just need your Registrar to confirm that you're not talking absolute bonkers. So before going to see the patient, make sure you've gathered as much information about them as you can. So what I normally do before going to clerk a patient is I read through any previous discharge letters which will usually give the past medical history, some drug history and any allergies that the patient may have. Also, have a read through the A&E doctor's notes to see what the patient has presented with and the reason for their referral to your specialty. The next thing to do is to check if the patient's had any bloods taken in A&E and also whether they've had any scans, so any x-rays or CT scans prior to your arrival. So have a look through their bloods, see if you can gauge what might be going on with the patient. So if the white cells, the neutrophils and the CRP are all high, this suggests there's some kind of infection. Perhaps the patient has had a bleed and has come in with a very low haemoglobin which will need rapidly correcting or they may have some electrolyte imbalances which will need quick replacement. 
see if there are any previous blood results on the system from the patient's previous admissions so that you could compare them to see what has changed. Their scans may show changes so the chest x-ray might show signs of an infection or the CT scan may show that they've had a pulmonary embolus. Finally, have a look at their latest observations so their blood pressure, the heart rate, respiratory rate, oxygen saturations and the temperature. Write down all of these results you've just looked through into the Clark Proforma. Personally, I feel that this helps me because it helps me to think and it gives me a clearer picture of what might potentially be going on. And just to be clear, this initial part from checking the discharge letters to looking through the latest investigations is certainly helpful, but it's important not to take too long as you do need to actually see the patient. Okay, so now it's time to put all these blood results and x-ray reports to a face. The moment you enter the patient's bay, have a look at them from the end of the bed and try to conclude whether you think they look unwell enough to stay in hospital. On a few occasions when I've been to see a patient, one look at them coupled with their satisfactory blood test results tells me that they probably don't need overnight admission, maybe just a five-day course of antibiotics. But of course, protect yourself and check this with the registrar before sending a patient home who turns out has had severe urosepsis the GMC will pounce on you. Most of the time, patients do need admission. And so it's time to now hear their story and show off your OSCE skills that you've developed. Initially, when I first started off as an FY1 and had to do some clerking, I'd write down the patient's story in the clerking booklet as they were telling it to me. This ensured that I wasn't missing anything out. However, as a result, I was spending more time than I needed to. So now, when I see a patient, I listen to their story examine them and then I document afterwards. This is quicker and it means that you can see two patients in the same amount of time. You just need to make sure that you are listening carefully and you don't forget to write down important points in the history. Okay, so you've gone through the presenting complaint, the history of com presenting complaint, past medical history, drug history and allergies, family history, social history and review of systems. Depending on which speciality you're from, you may need to ask other questions, for example, an obstetric and gynaecological history, a past surgical history, and so on. Now you need to do a comprehensive examination of the body systems and a more focused examination depending on the patient's presenting symptoms. Document your examination findings clearly. So for example, if the chest is completely normal, then draw out the lungs if they're not already drawn in the performer, draw a diagonal arrow through the lungs and write chest is clear. Or, if there are bilateral basal crackles, then put a few crosses or X's at the base of each lung and write bilateral basal crackles. For heart sounds, write HS 1 plus 2 plus 0 if no added heart sounds, or if there is a murmur, you can write 1 plus 2 plus a systolic murmur radiating to the crotids, for example. For the abdomen, draw out a hexagon if it's not already drawn in the booklet. If the abdomen is soft and non-tender, Throw an arrow through it and write abdomen soft non-tender. If there is some focal tenderness, place a few crosses in the area of the tenderness, for example the left iliac fossa. If the patient presents with a rash, then it's good practice to draw out the area of the body where the rash is and describe it using your best dermatology jargon. Even if you're not the next Picasso, a bad drawing is more useful than no drawing. Now comes the difficult part. Putting all of these pieces of the patient's puzzle together 
to form your top differentials and come up with a respective plan. As FY wants, we have our get out of jail free card, which is the discuss with senior regarding plan or urgent senior review. Now, having said this, it is good practice to try and figure out what the problem is before seeking a senior opinion. So, I've previously been advised to list down the patient's current issues because it helps you to piece everything together. For example, number one, productive cough and right-sided crackles. Number two, acute kidney injury, query secondary to an infection or dehydration. Number three, reduced oral intake, query secondary to infection. And then underneath, you can put your differential diagnosis. So query community acquired pneumonia or query cap is usually written. If appropriate, write down any scoring systems that are associated with the patient's presentation to show your thinking. So if it's most likely to be a cap, write down the patient's CURB65 score. Now will come your plan. This should be documented in the form of a list and the length of this list will depend on the number of issues that the patient presents with, how unwell they are, and which different teams need to be made aware of them. So for a patient coming in with a community-acquired pneumonia, something along the lines of number one, intravenous antibiotics, number two, intravenous fluids, number three, repeat bloods in the morning, number four, VTE, so venous thromboembolism prophylaxis, number five, prescribe the regular medications if you've not already done so. Number six, a strict input-output chart so you can assess the patient's fluid balance on a regular basis. And number seven, a senior review. If a patient has presented with an unusual rash, which you are unsure about, then write down dermatology review. Or if they have come in with the first episode of seizures, then write down neurology review. Now it's time to call upon your registrar for them to come and review your patient. So tell them the story and give them an idea what might be going on before they see the patient. And now using some kind of wizardry, they will see the patient in about a third of the time it took you to see them and they'll come up with a diagnosis and a plan. Now this plan may or may not concur with your entry, but the more patients you see, the better you'll become. So after, after the registrar has seen the patient, make sure to write down something along the lines of discussed with Dr. X, who has reviewed the patient and advised the following plan and then you can write down their plan. Now, when you write down a plan, it's also extremely important for you to highlight what you have done and what still needs to be done. So after you see the patient and your registrar has reviewed them, a decision will be made as to whether the patient needs admission. If they are accepted onto the ward, you may not see them again after your clerking, and so you need to highlight clearly in your plan what you've done and what the ward team will need to do. This is usually done with small square boxes next to the, the entries. So an empty square box means that something is outstanding and still needs to be done. A half-filled square box means that the task has been started but needs completion. So for example, you've requested for the patient to have a CT scan, but it still needs to be performed. And a filled box means that the task has been completed. So if you've prescribed the prophylactic enoxaparin and the patient's regular medications, then draw a filled square box next to these entries. If you've done that dermatology or neurology referral, then put the filled box next to these entries. The final piece of advice is that when you are writing in the clerking booklet, do try and complete as much of it as you possibly can. So fill out the patient's alcohol and smoking habits, write down their regular medications, and fill out their drug chart as well. 
fill in the VTE prophylaxis page and prescribe their anoxaparin if they need it. Now when you are on the receiving end of an incomplete clarking proforma, it can be frustrating and it means that you don't have the full picture of the patient. So there you go, that's our guide on how to clark a patient. Don't be afraid to do it, don't shy away from it. It's fun, it's interesting and it's the tr time that you truly feel like a doctor because for a short while their hospital journey is in your hands. We hope you've enjoyed this episode, thank you for listening. As always, leave some feedback, subscribe for more episodes on how to be a junior doctor, and we'll see you in the next episode. Goodbye.